0: Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'Em Up, 1019-AM-1260,
1: The Horn. Oh, there it is, the uh, Black Pumas bringing us back in the 9 o'clock hour on a Friday. As our man Nick Shuley told us earlier in the week in our set list ATX, Black Puma is playing two shows down in San Antonio this weekend. Tonight and tomorrow night at that... Uh, uh arena he called that he's t- told us about stable hall rod okay it's an old horse stable oh nice in the pearl district there off 281 and uh i mean when nick Shirley says it's it's the it's among the nicest venues music venues I've ever been in that might it's be cool. worth your trip and see the black yeah. pumas in there very intimate uh, just just uh, google stable hall and look at some of the pictures it's phenomenal uh it, it's a new structure that built from an old structure but it looks like vintage okay really cool and yeah. apparently the sound is amazing and it might be if you're looking for – now the football season is over and you're trying to treat your significant other, you know what I'm saying? hmm A little trip to San Antonio, get a little river walk, maybe get a little stable hall, get a black bad. pumas. Not bad at all. ain't bad.
2: I'm sure your a woman will
1: appreciate that. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll hear this song uh, that leads off our 9 o'clock hour. Uh, Rod, to, to wrap up our conversations from uh, um, the, uh, the off-the-record segment, did you know that dictionary.com just added 327 new words?
2: Yeah, they add they do this every year, but they don't add any oh, like, they basically they're adding like uh, new age like terms. It's more, term. well, it's more slang. Cheat
1: code is now in.
2: Yeah, so it's, so I'm saying, and and just slang is what they're adding. They're adding like our slang language. You
1: use cheat cheat codes a lot. Cheat code, life hack, as they call it.
2: Yeah, they're just like I said. Like said cheat code's been around for a while in our vernacular for what, not 30 years now. Yeah, and it's just it's just like I said. Just, they're just adding slang. They never add like really cool words anymore. They're just add slang terms.
1: Bed rotting. The practice of spending many hours in bed during the day. Slang, exactly. <laughs> like they're the, not,
2: they're not improving the intellectual the, leg, the language. Yeah, the intellectual element of the dictionary. They're just adding stuff. Shacket is now in. Shacket, a mashup of shirt and jacket. Exactly. So, <laughs> like I used to really be interested. In, like, man, they're not. They're, I, just, I think the I think actually reading the old dictionary will help you out more than reading the new dictionary because yeah. you know all those words already.
1: Shacket. I never heard of that. That's good. Exactly. I but I do have some jackets. Now that I think about it, what you got a shirt that slash jacket? Yeah, it could be both. Like a pullover, you know, or if people wear those long flannel shirts. It could be yeah. a shirt or a jacket. The,
2: yeah, the I, jacket. Guess.
1: I guess you could.
2: Yes, yeah, to me that a pullover cannot be considered a jacket. I don't know. Oh, I got it's them, just a pullover. I got them separately. Yeah, I got a pullover as a, a pullover, and then I have a jacket. The jacket, to me, I can open up. Okay. That's the key to a Jack. Jack's a to coat. Yeah. yeah, I got to able to open uh, it up.
1: Zip it up or button. Yeah, you're right. It's a pullover. Yeah. But, it, like, you know, you put them on when, when it's cold out or cool. When it's cold out,
2: yeah. Yeah. No, I can definitely see the shacking thing. No, this, it, those things are hilarious. Like yeah. I guess I don't even All know. How about it. this
1: word boobney? Pimples are a rash caused by your bra. So, not acne, but boobney. Wow. <laughs> Is Backney
2: on it in there? Then? Uh, that's already in there. Backney—that was in there, we they there like <laughs> yeah, years ago. Yeah. Oh, that was important. We were there, in there years ago. Backney. Oh man, and this
1: one confuses me. Bussin, great, wonderful, or amazing—like the opposite of, of mid. Bussin. i have never heard that word.
2: I've heard mid. All mid, the, mid, mid, is it's
1: very new. It's mid, mediocre. They're mediocre, mediocre unimpressive, disappointing. Yeah. Bussin is great, wonderful, amazing. I've never heard that word. Ty, you're young. I've one.
3: heard of it. I would never in my life say that though. That's...
1: You would never use it? Like, say, like, like Ty's new girlfriend is buffing, bussing? I, no. It sounds bussing.
3: Like. Oh, no, 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 no.
1: Who me? uses that word?
3: Like 14-year-olds.
1: Oh, yeah? Oh. Below. Have you ever bed-rotted, Ty?
3: Yes. Oh yeah. uh, At least, <laughs> <laughs> at least almost, three to four times a week.
2: He almost burned alive in his damn bed. <laughs> <laughs> bed-rotted. Well, he was sleeping <laughs> then. Sleeping whatever, whatever. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Uh, so
1: now there's an official defined term for you. Bed-rotting. Thank you very much.
2: Bed-rotting. I actually like bed riding. I don't think I can do it anymore though. Mm. When you got a kid, it's tough to bed rot.
1: I will admit that uh, some afternoons, after a long week, I'll It'll be I'll, I'll lay in that bed for an hour. So. Yeah, cause
2: your your kids are grown now. Yeah. So I'm not the kid. You ain't got to worry about anything. Like you can you can bed ride. If
1: it's, I, if I, I uh, can get an hour, it's kind of nice just to, to in between everything I'm doing, I'm just to go lay down. I don't um, even sleep. I just lay there for a little bit. I
2: can't go back to that bed during the day.
1: My, oh, my bed
2: is for the mo- when I get out of the bed in the morning I don't get back in that bed now I, if I go lay down so I can take a nap but I don't get back in the bed period until nighttime until it's time to go to sleep I'm only in the bed to go to sleep or if we want to have some uh, some afternoon delight during during the day because I don't I'm not y'all always like to bang it out on the floor and stuff like that on the carpet now nah, we go to the bed <laughs> uh, but yeah I, I don't get in the bed at all during nice. the day okay good I'm to stay away from it I make it up. Because I make make my bed, bed. oh, see, so I can't. That's the whole point. Is like the colonel say, make your bed, you won't get back into the bed. Yeah, I don't make the bed.
1: I'll get back in. Uh, I'll (laughs) take a nap in the (laughs) afternoon if I get get some time, for sure. All right, so uh, real quick, I wanted to play this, Rod, Because obviously, among our top stories, continues to be the investigation now into the uh, shooting after the Chiefs' uh, Super Bowl celebration, and the conversation's ongoing. But I wanted to play this. I mean, this was at Union Station. It was right near where they did the celebration when the guns and when the when the and the, the, the bullet started ringing out. And listen to this firsthand account from Trey Smith, the, the starting guard for the Kansas City Chiefs. This is how close players were to this situation. Mm-hmm. Listen to him. He was on, I think, Good Morning America uh, talking about his uh, firsthand impression of what went on.
4: The day started just like last year's parade. SUPER BOWL CHAMP TREY SMITH WAS ENJOYING THE CELEBRATION WHEN HE LEARNED THERE WAS AN ACTIVE SHOOTER AT THE PARADE NEAR UNION STATION. I JUST REMEMBER THE SECURITY GUARD JUST USHERING US THROUGH THE DOORS QUICKLY, JUST SAYING, YOU KNOW, COME ON, HURRY UP, HURRY UP, HURRY UP. IT'S OKAY, THIS IS NOT A JOKE, It's IS LIFE OF NO SITUATION. SMITH FORCED TO RUN FOR HIS LIFE, FINDING SHELTER IN A CLOSET, GUIDING AS MANY PEOPLE AS HE COULD TO SAFETY. Right before I, I run in there, there's like a little kid in front of me, so I just grab him, just yank him, just tell him, you're hopping in here with me, buddy. So, I don't know how many people there were in the closet, maybe 20 plus. Um, one of my teammates, my long snapper, uh, James Winchester, was very instrumental in helping keep people calm. We end up getting the green light to be able to get out of there. Uh, we end up walking um, to the buses. The Chiefs team buses is soon filled with frightened bystanders trying to escape the madness outside. This little boy uh, was with his father. Oh, he's just a little hysterical. He just panicked. You know, he's scared. He doesn't know what's going on. And, you know, I had the WWE belt, um, Called me the entire parade. And, you know, I was, you know, man, what can I do to help him out? I just handed him the belt. Hey, buddy, you're the champion. No one's going to hurt you anywhere. No one's going to hurt you, man. Um, we got your back. We just started talking about wrestling. You know, who's your favorite wrestler? What was your favorite wrestling match? And just little things like that, just to take his mind off. Like He was looking out the window and he was seeing people, you know, just reacting the way they were trying to get out of that situation. So I'm like, here you go, buddy. This is yours. You know, man, like, so again, no one's going to hurt you here with us. Reggie, you right, protect your okay. What a, a, a cool okay.
1: story. Uh, Trey Smith, the starting guard of the Chiefs. That's just hits home in so many ways if you're a parent. I mean you you, you mean that your your 9 or 10 year old kid has to witness that and be a part yeah. of that, that that terror, that that Process, fear, that trauma. Yeah. I mean yeah. and that is as we talk about what you can do about it and should they be having these big parades is that going to be talked about moving forward? At the same time it's just uh, all too frightening that our kids are
2: exposed to it. they exposed
1: that, to it that closely.
2: They they basically are they they don't have a sensitivity to these type of trauma like we did because they they've been you know they've actually witnessed a lot of it um whether and, and and now you know with the way that i hate to say it um with the way this is happening with more frequency at some of these championship parades i do think city leaders will at least explore the the conversation the possibility of moving it to maybe indoors maybe to a stadium to a secure location i know you can't just stop your life because these uh maniacs out here um don't don't, don't value human life the way they should Um, But, yeah, I mean, you do have to uh, potentially explore a safer way to do it. And um, I think that's what the city leaders owe to the the fans and to the community.
1: Yeah, and they're all – I mean, obviously there are the horrible incidents of someone trying to just, you know – plotting to M- do it mow down as many people yes. as they possibly can that wasn't the case yes. yeah this one was apparently dispute a, a dispute mostly among turned, juveniles turned it sounds violence. like violence
2: they had guns guns it yeah just, and that then, gets to the product like, you guys have a dispute that's fine you can fight it out we yeah. used to fight we used to fight <laughs> we fight all the time man we used to fight and then that dispute end with a fight the, the worst thing that happened, it'd be like a, a big gang fight it'd be like four five people on each side fighting that is also horrible because that is violent but man to to sell a dispute like that to just pull out weapons, guns,
1: yeah, at a parade, at I mean, a parade, and just shoot random people, or I maybe mean, ra- random people are just there. As, I you mean, mean a mil- wow. again, it's it's impossible to police a million people. True. Um And again, it's uh, it's a tough conversation for sure, but happening all too often, we know that. But uh, and they're all different, and just uh, the yeah. the. You know, with, with with juveniles and weapons and all that, this just scares the heck out of you for sure. All right, so that was Trey Smith. I want to give him a that was a nice thing, nice gesture. were a lot of good. heroes at, at yeah. that event, man. 100%. People that
2: ran toward the danger, comforting other 100%. folks who needed it. It's uh, that's that was one of the things that coming out of it gives you hope about our society. That there's a lot of good, courageous people with you know brave
1: spirits. Yeah, we heard that, yesterday from the from the guy, one of the guys that tackled one of the shooters Just a bystander who still had his gun on him i mean as he said as they tackled him the gun popped out of his jacket and uh, wow. you know so they laid on top of him and held him until the police arrived saved lives saved lives 100% 100% um yeah, uh, that says, that t- story makes me shed tears. I can't imagine the it's, fear those oh, kids were going through, for sure. I mean, yeah. they're there to see Patrick Mahomes. I mean, uh, they're <laughs> in, in, in a moment of uh, jubilation and how, uh, celebration, yep. and this goes down. I mean, it was just uh, unbelievably sad. Uh, and to the loss of life for a mother of two. And oh, you man, mentioned yeah. in the uh, off-the-record Taylor Swift has donated $100,000 to that GoFundMe. Hopefully that spurns others uh, to give. Because, and bit. she was she was just a, there playing music, Rod. She's a DJ. I
2: know. It, it all seems so senseless. It really is, man. I, and I hate that that's who we are as a society. And I say we because we're all part of it. We're all part of it we got to be point. part of the solution. It's all us.
1: Uh, all right, Rod, right before nine let's get to your second rant of this Friday morning. Let's do it. So we'll preview some college baseball coming up. It's not just here in Austin. There's college baseball all over the great state. We'll get a preview of that coming up. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. Here is your... Rod's Rant number two. Yes, sir. Rod's
0: Rant of the Day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how
5: easy it is.
0: I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to
5: take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real
0: you ain't keeping it right my god okay it's happening everybody stay calm what's
2: oh, what's you've what's done doing? it now it's time for rod's oh. rant of the day hold on to your butt. all right i know we talk a lot of cowboys on the show and I, we will actually get back to a little cowboys conversation but i want to address the texans here you know give the texans fans out there a little bit of love because there is a couple of uh, items that i think are worthy of uh texans fans being updated Okay, so, and I got a suggestion, actually, for the, for the Texans, too, that I want to get into that I think would be really interesting. You brought up earlier, E, uh, Derrick Henry r- reportedly, uh, at least based on some of the Vegas odds about where he's going to land, um, that one of the favorites is Baltimore. Uh, I read an article on the 33rd team It's a really good website They basically are devoted to NFL uh, coverage And Marcus Mosher Who uh, writes a lot of stuff for them And actually writes about the Dallas Cowboys too He was writing an article about the top 5 fits For free agent running back Derrick Henry And one of his top 5 fits them Houston, Texas. Nice. He brings up the Texans. He said, uh, "This isn't a perfect fit for uh, this isn't a perfect fit for many reasons, including Houston Texans style of offense. They use a lot of shotgun and empty back sets on their later downs, and their run game is predicated on wide zone runs. But there are a lot of reasons why this could work. First of all, no team in the NFL knows Henry better than the Texans. In 14 career games against Houston, Henry ran for over 1,400 yards and 12 touchdowns. Yes, I remember it well. Uh, so familiarity, he says, often is a really good selling point." That's a good point. So uh, he, at least, I think the point of the article, I don't think Derrick Here's is going to end up with the Texans. But you have been pointing out a while, uh, for a while, do you think the Texans are going to target a running back in free agency?
1: It depends on the price, right? And I think the, the market is going to be, and, and again, they're in a position – if you're going to overpay for running back, especially with, I'm 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 a big Saquon Barkley fan for them just because I think he can do similar to what Christian McCaffrey does for that yeah, offense. That's a good point. Uh, he's such a dynamic weapon in all phases. He's kind of like the B. John Robinson argument we had. It's He's not just a running back. I mean, this guy is a bit of everything for you. Yeah. And to give C.J. Stroud that kind of weapon. Uh, but it's going to depend on market. But, again, if you're going to do it, you do it while C.J. Stroud's in his second year and you haven't had to pay him the bag of bucks that you're going to have to. Yeah. Uh, so you have a couple, you could front load a contract, uh, even uh, overpay a little bit for Saquon Barkley over two years, you know, give him an option for a third that where the price drops and see if you can get at 26, 27, you get his, you know, t- two You're, two really good years really, out of him and maybe make a run.
2: Yeah. No, I like it. If you can get him, if you don't have to sign him to a long-term deal and maybe he wants a long-term deal, but if you can get him, like you said, one to two years, maybe a third year is an option potentially. Yeah. That is the sweet spot because he's 26 years old right now. You just want to maximize him before he gets anywhere close to 30. Ideally, most running backs around 29 to 30, they start to depreciate in terms of their skill set. That would be the perfect window. So I'm I'm with you if you could do that. Um, We know there will be a lot of other teams trying to get Well Poor Saquon. Saquon. He he was healthy last year. I think he's played 14 games last year and 16 before that, so relatively healthy too. And he just has never been on a good team. No. I mean, the poor
1: guy. I mean, he never has a good offensive line. There aren't any offensive weapons around him. The quarterback is Daniel Jones. It's like I think the NFL would like to see Saquon Barkley play on a team with talent. Yeah. I mean, and, and Houston's got talent. I mean, uh, a, and, a, and a young quarterback that, you know, you, he's going to threaten you with the O-line, passing game. O-line already yeah. built. Yeah. I think that's a that would be a cool fit. And then I, I think in the, in the in the draft you could address receiver. Um, you know, because I, I like the formation of Nico Collins, Tank Dell. Those are your first two. And then, you know, you could, uh, draft a young receiver that can come along. I, I like that. They also are going to have to replace Dalton Schultz at tight end if they don't resign Dalton Schultz because he was a key cog. He was a one-year deal. Well, a lot of people
2: actually have mocked J.T. Sanders uh, oh, to the Texans in on. that second round. They're, I've seen a lot of those. Because it, it makes sense. Um with, Dal- with Dalton Schultz uh, leaving, yeah, that'll be
1: interesting because the Texans do have the quarterback on a rookie deal. They do have seventy some million dollars in cap space, both to re-sign their own people and to go on under the, the market and, and get involved with a guy like Saquon Barkley.
2: Yeah, they and- do. And they're speaking of free agent odds. uh, Bookies has a free agent odds list for Mike Evans, and they have the Texans with the best overall odds at plus 300 to acquire Mike Evans. Mike Evans, uh, former AM standout, but also is from that Houston area there. They got Tampa Bay with the second best odds to get him at plus 325, and Kansas City, third best odds to acquire Mike Evans at plus 450. That's a scary thought, actually. Uh, that would that would actually be a scary thought, Mike uh, Brett Veach bringing in a Mike Evans for, oh, the pad, for Patrick Mahomes. Over 1,000 yards
1: in 10 straight seasons Ooh. to start his career, and you get to go play with Mahomes. I know.
2: That'd be Come a hell of a man. way to end your career, right, <laughs> to end up going uh, ring-chasing with Patrick Mahomes, a potential GOAT. Uh, speaking of, you said you'd like uh, for them, the Texans, to target him while receiving the draft. They're really at a, drafting at a great spot where they could – They can just take best talent available. They can draft four, five, six different positions potentially, and none of them would be a bad pick for the Texans. Uh, Benjamin Solak of the Ringer, uh, their latest mock draft has the Texans taking Brian Thomas Jr., the wide receiver from LSU um, at the 23rd pick. He's 6'4", 205, uh, so that would be a nice pickup. I looked at Luke Easterling's mock draft for Sports Illustrated. He's got the Texans taking Byron Murphy. Uh, At 23, saying D'Amico, Ryan's first season at Houston was a massive success and his team should only get better from here. One key area of need along uh, the D-line is the interior D-line where Ryan needs an explosive, disruptive playmaker who can camp out in opposing backfields. Murphy is undersized, but otherwise fits the bill perfectly. So uh, that's, Byron Murphy has been mocked, you know, anywhere from 13 to 15, this will be a drop, actually, in Byron Murphy in the mock drafts, him falling all the way to 23 for the Texans. If he falls there, uh, maybe the Texans make a move. Okay, here's my uh, – since we're talking about the Texans, I have – oh, and by the way, there was report from Aaron Wilson the Texans were going to lose their safeties coach, where Aaron Wilson also reported they're going to keep their safety rec- safety coach. He, he was going to leave. His name is Steven uh, uh He was going to leave and – Go to Michigan um, as their uh, DB coach, and he has decided since to stay in Houston um, and accept, uh, rather than accept the DB coach's job in Michigan. So remember, this is like the second time because Rod Wright reportedly, yeah, was one of the favorites for Sarek. And uh, there was a lot of talk that, you know, Sark was zeroing in on Rod Wright and wanted that NFL pedigree. Rod Wright's got, you know, uh, history coaching in Texas and recruiting in Texas at UTSA and recruiting at the college level at Miami. Um, So he seemed almost the perfect candidate, also a lifetime longhorn coming back to Texas uh, with that vacancy. And the reports were that Rod Wright not excited about recruiting um, and that he actually uh, wanted to hitch his wagon to the – meteoric rise of one D'Amico Ryans. And D'Amico Ryans uh, reportedly also is a big fan of Rod Wright. And Rod Wright stayed there as the assistant D-line coach. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there's another one where he's deciding to stay uh, with D'Amico Ryans and that staff instead of going to the college level, which would have been a promotion for him. Says a lot about D'Amico Ryans and the uh, the culture he has there. Coaches want to be around him. They want to stay. They think something special is built. The Texans.
1: Interesting, yeah. And this offseason's big, right? Because as Ty said, you know they, they won ten games, seven losses, won a playoff game, but they still have holes that they have to fill if they want to really compete with the top teams in the AFC consistently. Yep. Uh, and that's that's up to Nick Casario this off season. But you're right, building that coaching staff, hitting the free agency, hitting the draft, and building something they can sustain. Uh, long haul because
2: well, yeah you got the, work, the t- hardest part is already done
1: yeah CJ well, we talked about it a lot during the year and it, this is why they, the the excitement because and you say in the draft the Texans could go any position which is true because you know when you're trying to build a foundation of a, of an organization you're looking for quarterback left tackle playmaking receiver corner edge rusher edge rusher. Well, you could argue Houston already has all those. Yeah, I mean They already have them in place. Um, they do. They have Laramie Tunsil, who mm-hmm. went to the Pro Bowl again this year, was one of the best tackles in, in the AFC, and a pretty solid offensive line. You have uh, Nico Collins, who was the third highest graded pro football focus wide receiver this year, uh, third, uh, in his third year exploding onto the scene. You have C.J. Stroud, obviously a quarterback. You have De- Derek Stingley at corner. You have Will Anderson, offensive rookie of the year. So those are your premium positions. So now – you're trying to fill holes you're trying to get tougher up front you're trying to you know dabble in a Saquon Barkley b- f- continue to fill out your back end at safety and be better in coverage cuz i think that was a problem in leaky at times the linebacker core could use some addressing so this could be a year where Houston kind of does like Detroit did last year where yeah. they just they don't have to focus on premium positions they need to they need to fill some playmakers these guys, they know, who they, play. guys um,
2: they know they can play guys they know they can play cuz you you, yeah. you
1: you really have in your in, in a pretty quick order filled the elite positions you need cornerstone players at the cornerstone positions of a franchise well now you can you can do that kind of stuff at running back linebacker safety tight end jatavion sanders uh, some luxury players that man this this guy's too good to pass because he yeah. can he can help us be a better ball club
2: uh speaking of be, uh, being a better ball club i have an idea um because the Texans lost their offensive analyst, their offensive assistant, uh, Shane Day, to the L.A. Chargers. Uh, Jim Harbaugh bought him in. He's building that coaching staff. I think the Texans may serve themselves well by bringing in Eric Bieniemy. Ooh. Bring in Eric Bieniemy as an assistant coach of some kind. Interesting. Uh, no, I mean, I haven't heard much about him being coveted on the market. A lot of us assume that Kansas City would just make a spot for him if he didn't Get picked up by some of the squad. I think he wants to go somewhere else. I don't think he wants to go back to Kansas City. I think he knows if he goes back to Kansas City, he's just gonna stay in Kansas City, period. And he's never gonna go anywhere else. He's got to get outside to explore. Yeah, he's he's got to get outside. The he's basically in the friends He's in the coaching friend zone, right? And and the only spot where he can rise up and open open mobility is Kansas City. If I am if I'm Domico Ryans in Texas, I give him another opportunity and say, listen, Bobby is a star. He's a star. I mean, we can't. We can only keep him for so long. We had to. He up his pay he's going to be a head coach soon. after yeah after one year his first time being a play caller, we had to up his pay he we may be able to keep him around for two more years uh but if we don't. I, you know, he could step in as your as a potential offensive coordinator and play caller. Now that's different than the Shanahan offense, but Eric B. Henry, I think, is skilled enough to be able to run the Shanahan offense if you just want him to run that offense. Um, Ideal, I think, everybody wants to run their scheme, whatever it may be. Uh, but even if he doesn't, you know, necessarily take over the play calling duties or your coordinator duties. You can still bring him in as a a pass game coordinator. You can still bring him in as an offensive assistant of some kind. He definitely will help your coaching staff. Now, if you don't want him to run the system um, that he wants to run after Bobby Sloak leaves, that's fine. You can find another alternative. But just bringing him in as a championship coach, (laughs) championship-caliber coach who can bring you a lot of the the cheat codes and a lot of the uh, philosophical traits – that Andy Reid uh covets and that Andy Reed point. utilizes, man, I'd bring him in. And you might have to face Kansas City. Hopefully. Hopefully if all this roster construction goes according to plan and you do uh, and CJ Stroud takes to the next level and you do as a franchise elevate and separate, you gotta see Kansas City. Yeah. And that guy knows Kansas City. Yeah,
1: he does. I like that idea. I do. And if you're you know, if you're if you're the agent for Bre- Eric Vietnam, if you're looking for a spot like that where you can be a, a, get yourself back on the escalator, yeah, rising because build if, your own brain. If Bobby Slowick does have another good year and moves on, well now. You're O.C., and you're working with C.J. Stroud, and you have an opportunity. So, Come on, I like that. I like that a lot. All right, a little Texans talking Rod's rant. We've got a lot of Cowboys talk this week with Mike Zimmer coming in and the the new, the new staff he's going to build in Dallas. Uh, we'll hear more from that. I know you want to play that Dave Campo sound, yes, Rod. Yes,
2: we can play it later on. I, want, I do want to play it. It's pretty good, actually.
1: Yeah, we'll get a timeout here. Come back play that. Uh, good stuff on uh, Dave Campo on a San Antonio radio station yep. talking about Dan Quinn and what he can bring to this Cowboys defense and uh, maybe some of the structural flaws he saw in last year's defense for Dan Quinn. Uh, We'll talk about that coming up. Also, who said that for the end of the hour? Who said that? It's a busy Friday. We're glad it's Friday with you. Hook him up with Ian Rodby.
0: Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook him up. 101.9 AM 1260. The Horn.
1: For a college baseball fan, today is Christmas Day for you. I know a lot of you folks out there Amazing in Austin, Texas, Rob, right? because of the uh, the success of the Texas baseball program over the years. How many people I know whose favorite sport in the world is college baseball? You used really? to work with Kevin Dunn, of course, mm-hmm. on uh, RBKD back yeah. in the day. I mean, like their favorite sport is college baseball. And uh, as we talked about a lot last year with our friend Ty Harrington, and we talked to Drew Bishop yesterday. Mm-hmm. There's never been a better time for college baseball. The talent is deeper than it's been because yeah. of the diminished MLB draft. They've, they've shrunk back to minor leagues and NILs, allowing more players to stay longer and uh, be some very talented rosters. Hell, we saw LSU win a national championship last year by going to Air Force and getting the, uh, the big right-hander to roll over there um, to go with a really talented team that won the Natty. Uh, Texas, look, I mean, I, 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 I want to see this team evolve. But I do think they've got Omaha talent, Rod. I think when you have the mix of if the younger guys continue to develop and if the freshman class can be as impactful as people think it can. Yeah. Because, I mean, mean, to have Porter Brown back, to have Peyton Powell back, uh, to have Jack O'Dowd, I mean, those are three veteran players. And think of how many big hits Porter Brown had last year, how many big defensive plays he made in left field last year. I mean, this is a six-year player. That's wild. Remember, he transferred in from TCU, and now he's here still playing. I mean, this guy's played a lot of baseball, seen a lot of at bats. You're going to see him up in clutch situations. I don't know that you'd rather want to see anybody else up in a clutch situation like this guy. Uh, Peyton Powell playing third base, uh, you know, was one of your most clutch and, and important hitters last year. Jared Thomas and Jalen Flores, who both were you know kind of forced onto the I don't know, I shouldn't say forced; they were just really talented freshmen. Yeah. But they were freshmen, mm-hmm. so they went through slumps. And as uh, Drew Bishop said yesterday, I think accurately, you know, when you're when you're Jalen, when you're these kids that are playing in these select tournaments and coming through. You don't go through 0 for ten slumps. No. You just don't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it well that's college baseball. It's gonna humble you. I mean you're gonna go through a two week stretch where you can't can't hit the ball. Uh this is this is high level, but that's the the growing pains of becoming a collegian. You went you did it too Rod when you got here. Mm-hmm. Right? You could cover everybody in high school.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. It was it's easy.
1: <laughs> yeah, easy. It was <laughs> easy. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Yeah. Well you get to the college and this is what these young guys are gonna go through, but now Jalen Flores and Jared Thomas are are sophomores. And now they should be some of your your impact bats, and especially a, a, a guy as talented as Jared Thomas, mm-hmm. swinging the bat from the left side. His speed, uh, base running, he's a really elite athlete. Uh, so you got these, you got a core of those five or six guys that are really veteran players for you uh, that play a lot of college baseball already. Uh, you combine that with this this rookie class, freshman class, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, Will Gasparino, the big six six outfielder that oh, yeah. I think Longhorn fans can't, can't wait to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy Farmer, Jr., who Drew Bishop yesterday called the best athlete on the team, can really run, about 6'2", kid out of, San, out of California as well. Uh, Riley Galvan, Rylan Galvan behind the plate likely. So, And then, of course, you know, it comes down to pitching. And if you remember last year's team just really struggled on the mound with consistency, I think this has a chance to be a much deeper and better pitching staff to get LeBaron Johnson, Jr. back, Charlie Hurley back. Remember, Charlie was a kid who transferred from USC and it had starting experience and really became a a, rock, a bedrock of that rotation last year. And now you've got Tanner Witt back. That becomes really the X factor yeah. for me. If Tanner Witt can get back any, anywhere close to who he was as a freshman and a sophomore, this, guy, this team can be Omaha level uh, for sure because they have they have a lot of young arms. Also, a kid named Luke Harrison, Rod, left-hander, who was really good as a freshman. They got hurt last year. He's back, and he could be a uh, – all the word I hear out of the, the baseball program is they're really excited about him having his left-handed arm back, okay. either out of their bullpen or even possibly as like a Tuesday starter early and then maybe evolve into more than that uh, as the season goes on. So. A lot of talent on this team. A lot of talent. Looking forward to seeing it showcased for the first time. But if you love college baseball and this is your season, in addition to that, you got Texas State playing uh, Youngstown State. Steve Trout's built a heck of a program down there in San Marcos. And uh, up in – speaking of Ty Harrington, he's going to be on the call up there in the Globe hey, Life. Close yeah, they've got the Shriners Children's uh, Hospitals College Showdown up at Globe Life Park okay. this weekend.
2: Yeah.
1: Nebraska is there playing Baylor today. O- Oregon is there playing Oklahoma. Tennessee and Texas Tech are all part of that. So, they'll be doing round-robin games today, tomorrow, and uh, uh, Sunday. So, if you're a college baseball okay. fan and you live in the Metroplex, you listen on the app, get over to their Globe Life. I mean, there's some really good matchups there. Tennessee playing Texas Tech tonight. Okay. Come on, man. I like that. That's Tim Tadlock's That's nice- team against those volunteers. Yeah. Uh, you got OU playing Tennessee tomorrow. Tennessee, by the way, it plays the primetime game each night uh, in of Glo- at- Globe Life. So, Tennessee plays Tech tonight, mm-hmm. Oklahoma tomorrow night, and then Baylor on Sunday evening. Okay. And then, uh, as we say, Oklahoma will play Oregon today. They're going to play. Uh, they're off. They, yeah, they're going to play Tennessee tomorrow, and then they're going to turn around and play Nebraska. So it's a really good tournament, and it, of course, it's indoors at Globe Life home of the uh, world champions now. So yeah, you, yeah. you know you won't have to worry about weather. So that's a good thing. So college baseball is back. Can't wait to, to follow these teams. And certainly this Texas team as it develops over the course of the year. And as far as the weather goes, Rod, it is going to be – you're going to have to pack your, your – It's going to be chilly. You're going to need more than a jacket, I think, tomorrow.
2: Yeah, a shacket. A
1: shacket. A shacket. Uh, 52 <laughs> for the high and uh, wind. Wind tomorrow. At the I know, dish. it's crazy. And it's going to get Beautiful like – Beautiful tonight, by the way.
2: And it's going to get warm again like right after that next week yeah right? by monday like, by monday it'll be back in like i don't want to high it's Quick, like 80 cool something front.
1: yeah 52 saturday 57 yeah. sunday but the wind dies down a lot of sun on sunday mm-hmm. and then monday yeah we're back to 70 tuesday is almost 80 <laughs> that's
2: what i'm saying <laughs> it's like come on man that's how you get sick so take care of yourself take care of yourself yeah, yeah.
1: all right rod there's some baseball looking like forward it. to this team lbj yeah. on the mound tonight uh, remember he had that complete game performance in the ter- Ooh, in the he's tournament a, he's, a he's a beast he's a he is he's intimidating David, on the mound and David Pierce has told you no one's, no one's come further from where this guy was as a raw prospect to where he is now. And a lot of people are surprised he's back and with that arm that somebody would have drafted him, and uh, he didn't get drafted high enough. So here he is trying to improve that draft status. Yep. He's got a big-time arm, uh, big-time arm. Split-finger fastball is ridiculous. And if he continues to evolve, this guy can be one of the best pitchers in college baseball.
2: Looking forward to it.
1: Oh, as a Friday start. And he's got a new pitching coach. Yeah, David Pierce. <laughs> that's right.
2: So it should, that should help even more.
1: And everybody's happy to have Troy Tulewitzki back. Uh, oh, that was such a big director player development. Mm-hmm. Somebody texted and asked, is uh, David Pierce going to be coaching third base? Drew Bishop yesterday said he thinks he will not be, since he's the pitching coach now, that it will be Steve Rodriguez, the former Baylor head coach, who's okay. the assistant head coach. He'll be yeah. coaching third. So we'll see. It'll be fun. I get to see a lot of uh, new things starting tonight. And it'll be good to have that on uh, LHN tonight with our guy Greg Swindell, Keith Moreland. Keith
2: Moreland, Big Red, yeah, back man. in the booth, baby. That's just
1: good to turn it on, and he's got it on tonight. And yeah. watching some baseball, uh, those guys the are ping. great. They're
2: man. the best. That's one thing you're gonna. Mean. I mean, I don't know what the SEC is gonna do, but they got to put Greg Swindell and and Keith Moreland together and call them some Texas games. But what happens to that pairing? They're the best. Like I mean, they are awesome. Like you ain't even gotta enjoy really. Uh, Texas baseball to enjoy that broadcast, I man. They are fantastic.
1: All right, Rod. Uh, let's get back to football. You wanted to play this Dave Campo sound by the way. The game tonight seven o'clock. Is the dish. Uh,
2: yeah, San Antonio Sports Star. Uh, give them a lot of credit because they had Dave Campo on, and um, essentially they were asking about the Dallas Cowboys, asking about the uh, the playoff game, and Dave Campo. And like I said, this I, I think I pulled it out. It's like a two-minute clip, but I think it's pretty good. Not only does he go into X's and O's, what he think, what he thought was wrong with that Dan Quinn defense, but he hints at something that Darren Woodson uh, hinted at and implied as well. When we heard some Darren Woodson sound talking about Mike Zimmer and the difference between Zimmer and Dan Quinn, you know, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but Darren Woodson hinted that you know maybe. Uh, Zimmer will be harder on the guys and basically force them to be a little bit more accountable for mistakes and be more accountable for execution or lack thereof. And I thought it was interesting because we had Brock, and Brock pointed it out, Brock was like, oh, I think he may be taking a shot there uh, at Dan Quinn. And maybe and this, when you have shots like that that are being taken, very subtle shots, it could just be, hey, this is just how Darren Wilson feels. Could just be just how Dave Campbell feels. But oftentimes that could be interpreted as a message that is being sent, like from inside the house, <laughs> all right, that a message is being sent. Because now we're hearing it from multiple people. Yeah, Heard from Darren Woodson that uh, now actually, you know, Zimmer will actually be more accountable to the guys. He'll, he'll force them into, you know, being accountable to execution and fewer mistakes. And, and the implication was that Dan Quinn is a player's coach but maybe too much of a player's coach. Listen to Dave Campo on the San Antonio Sports Star where he implies something similar.
6: To well, first of all, from a, from a culture standpoint, uh, I'll just say one thing this way. I know Dan Quinn very well. I was not in the office uh, in, the, in the building. Uh, I'm here in Jacksonville, so I saw a bunch of the games. I saw that game. Uh, I'm going a little bit on some hearsay. But I think the one thing about uh, Dan is he's a fine gentleman. And he's smart, and his scheme was okay, but you know uh, he was a little bit too buddy buddy, I think, with the players, and that's part of it. You know, you can't have a lot of accountability if you don't stand a little bit above of the people that you're trying to uh, get to be accountable. But more so than that, when they lost uh, number fifty-five, they lost only the real linebacker that they had on that ball club. And their two inside tackles were were not; they were pass rushes, and so they were small defense. And the teams that could run the ball on them were successful. And that's what happened in that ballgame. game. They need to get bigger and more physical inside. One of the things I always felt about the Cowboys when I watched them, and and you know we, I, you know I do radio here in Jacksonville. I'm in the press box for the games. Uh, I saw the Cowboy game from last year. One thing I noticed from a defense standpoint was that they played the run while rushing the passer. Well, in this league, especially in the playoffs, you better control the line of scrimmage with your inside tackles. Rush the passer with the outside guys. I don't think they're big enough inside or big enough at linebacker. So some of that is not just the culture. It's the idea that they may have to do some things in the draft to give them an opportunity to be more successful. You have to stop the run in this league or you're in real trouble because the quarterbacks, if they get balanced in the offense, almost all the quarterbacks are good enough to beat you. Dave. Dave. Yep. Uh, so they, he breaks down some X and O's, but earlier
2: he you know, he, he admits it's his hearsay. So good for him, too. He admits his hearsay, which means Dave Campbell's hearing it from somebody else which is probably closer to the Cowboys organization, like I said, because uh, it's similar to what Darren Woodson said, that maybe he's still too buddy-buddy with the players and that the players don't have to be as accountable to him because he is worried about whether the players like him or not. There is no question Mike Zimmer does not give a damn whether the players like him <laughs> or not. The play, he are, he's all about execution. and He's about accountability. He has a reputation. For being an anti players coach. Like, you know, not being buddy buddy at all, not having those really close bonds with the players, having more of a business approach. And maybe that's exactly what the Cowboys wanted. Um, Because Rex Ryan strikes me as kind of a more of a players coach, too. That that it matters if he's liked by his players. I feel like Rex Ryan's a hard
3: ass, too, though.
2: He is, but he is known for being a player's coach. Like he is known yeah, for being true. like got, the players like him and they like playing for him. Zimmer's reputation is no Zimmer's great, but I don't know if the players would say like playing for Zimmer. He admits like you may not like playing for me, but it's about execution. It's we're about gonna him, win. Really. <laughs> we're gonna win.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so. I like that. That's I, mean, I didn't know Dave Campo was doing radio. We have to get him on our show here I have to have some football conversations with Coach Campo. Uh, that's good stuff. Yeah, it, look, good at stuff. It, I mean, there it it, it was. There's no doubt Dan Quinn's scheme, as you've called it, was, was, was effective, right? They've led the NFL in, te- in ter- takeaways each the last two years. Yep. They, they blanked some team. I don't know how many times did the offense have to do nothing because the defense just dominated and uh, you know, scored touchdowns. Um, yeah. you know, it, but at the same time, when you needed it at most in big games, the defense would get gashed, and most specifically that Packers game. But he said it, right? When Leighton Vander Esch got hurt, they really didn't have a, a thumping linebacker on the team. They did. Nope, I and, missed him. And that's on the general manager, right? I mean uh, – exactly. That's a roster
2: construction issue. You know,
1: the minute that uh, – and that, that, that's something, you know, we always point out about Jerry Jones. It does feel like, you know, whether it was this year, the running back, that, you know, we could all see that they didn't have a pound – you know, a thumper oh, running back.
6: come on. Which was going
1: to hurt your running game come January where you weren't going to be able to pound the rock. Uh, Tony Pollard never really found that groove. Nope. And uh, like no right I
6: expected
2: He's coming off an injury.
1: Right, and then you had – you know, when DeMarvion Overshung got hurt in training camp. Uh, and then Leighton, you didn't have anybody to fill the gap. Uh, and that's, that's, I mean, you could, this is what the, the, you, you make trades for in the middle of the season to try to be ready for December, January. Yep. And uh, those were two big holes. And guess what? They both got exposed in a big way when it mattered the most. Yep. And that's, that's playoff football. You know, we saw it again on the Super Bowl, right? When Dre Greenlaw got hurt, totally different game. But, you mean know, you can't fix that in the game. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you've got to – everything, that, every little issue is going to get exposed against the best teams and the best quarterbacks.
2: Exactly right. You need to anticipate that as a, as a GM.
1: Yeah. Like, where's my hole? Where am I attacking me? Exactly. We've got to fill that. <laughs> yeah. At least have some options to fill that. And oh, man. Because everybody came in on the Monday after the Packers lost saying, well, why were we playing six DBs the whole game?
0: We well, didn't have linebackers. any linebackers. Is <laughs> 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 that
2: exactly right? And that, that's partly on Dan Quinn because Dan Quinn likes collecting DBs and hybrids. Yep. So that's partly on him philosophically. Um, he likes to play sub packages, but you, you're hitting on the head. That's on, that's, on the, that's on the GM. That's roster construction. He, he should have looked at that roster and went, listen, all we got are these hybrid linebackers anyway.
1: Yeah, we're going to get we need pushed a, around.
2: Yeah, we need a thumper there, and Leighton Van is your only one. Uh, to your point about the running backs, though, how about this little factor? that what I found before we go to break. Cowboys, running backs, 28th. And touchdown percentage on carries inside the five yard line last season, twenty eighth. They were bad.
1: And Derrick Henry and was available.
2: Yardage. Yes, he was.
1: Derrick Henry was. There were drafted, draftable running backs available. Uh, there were guys you could have picked up. Wow. That would, Deontay Foreman, Deont- you could have picked up in the yeah, off season. Love him. Easy peasy. Yeah. Uh, so yes, not addressed. I would say for sure. And then that, that's what uh, we'll see what the Cowboys do this off season to address those issues. Uh, and get more physical. Because, yeah, you want to be fast, you want to be able to stop the pass. But uh, that's the beauty of what the Chiefs do, right? The Chiefs can can cover like crazy, like the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. But they also yeah. rush the passer, and they got Chris Jones. And they can stop the run. When who wrecks their... games. they yeah. got these fast linebackers. Ask can...
2: the 49ers if they can stop the run. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Christian
1: McCaffrey uh, under four yards of carry for the Come first on. time this year. Come on. Niner fans say, Why, why'd we stop giving the ball to Christian McCaffrey in the second? Huh? Uh, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's a football game right yes, there. Sir. But uh, that's that's going to be the Cowboys issue. Plus, you got that quarterback thing that doesn't rise to the occasion in big games come January, too. So got to sign hard. that
2: guy, too. Got to re that guy. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, so Cowboys, Texans, look little Texas baseball up in there. We're looking forward to it this weekend. Um, getting after that. We'll, we'll play some Who Said That, including coming back,
2: Rob. Who said that?
1: There's a former college football star and former college football, or, or current college football analyst who has a very high opinion of one, Quinn Ewers. we get you. let you hear that coming up to side. Who said that? Coming next on Hook Up with Ian Rodby. <laughs>
7: That.
1: who said that who said that who said that wst who said that on a friday uh heading into our fabulous fifth hour coming up at the top of the hour to be our 25th hour of the week coming out of super bowl 58 still talking about it also looking forward now to the uh evaluation season of college prospects into the nfl and then the uh Additional, the addition process mm-hmm. as they uh, add players, the uh, acquisition phase uh, to the evaluation phase. We're looking forward to it. Also, college baseball season is here. Right? I wanted to play this for you. Yes, Who said this? Uh, pretty high opinion of the uh, Longhorns' returning starting quarterback. Let's hear it. Okay, like Quinn Ears, start, I'll start
0: with Quinn. Like that dude, he is in the top ten of I've seen just throw a football, grip it, rip it. It is beautiful. Like the way it comes off of his hand is gorgeous. It spins. It's and I know that sounds weird that I'm saying it's gorgeous, but it looks good. It, it, oh, it it's does. just – it's it's imp- it's very impressive. Now, here's the thing with Quinn. If Quinn would learn to do the small things and get the details of the position, if he would get his footwork consistently set. Like, it, it, he's, he's learned to change speeds a little bit and use different clubs. You know, like if he needs to use his lob wedge, he can use his lob wedge a little bit more. I love that about him, but I just – His literally his feet to me, if if he could get his feet organized consistently. Yeah, I know you can throw off platform and you're really good at it, but like, I don't have to, but I do that when I need to, not when I don't have to. So I think if he fixes that, I think it'd be, it could be incredible for Quinn and he could take off even more from, from a talent standpoint.
2: There you go. Yeah. Um. That is uh, David Pollock.
1: David Pollock. Yeah. Former yeah. ESPN. He's not on ESPN anymore. I thought he was really good. Yeah. I
2: think he's doing something else now. He's. Uh, but yeah. I mean, he, he. That that observation makes sense, though. We, I think people have said that about the Quinn before. Quinn, Quinn can make the uh, the spectacular look routine. The problem is he needs the routine to look spectacular
1: it goes to uh, – that's,
2: that's the thing about Quinn. That's what, they, that's what the South want to see. They want to see him make the routine look spectacular, something well, you have to do to hear put Jim, work. And
1: what, what did we hear Jim fun. Harbaugh say earlier about J.J. McCarthy? Mind-numbing – Repetition. Repetition. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, numbing
2: repetition. Yeah,
1: like, that's what he needs. And two hours ago, Steve Sarkeesian, the Longhorns head football coach, you might know him, uh, he tweeted or X'd, obsession, noun, the ability to concentrate, stay disciplined, and build skills. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is where – and Quinn's on that track, right? But, uh, you know, the, the arm skill, the arm talent is there. I think you said it perfectly. The, the, uh, you know, the, he can make the elite look easy, but can he yeah. do the easy things consistently? Can
2: he, can he do the easy things at an elite level? Because he makes the elite things look really easy. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, that, that's my thing with him. He makes the spectacular look routine. Yeah, but I need the routine to become spectacular because that's football. You go your your footwork on every down, your mechanics on every down. The spectaculars don't come up. How many plays a game? Three, maybe yeah. four. Mm-hmm. Well, I need I need you to put the cape on. But go look at Patrick Mahomes now. You don't put the cape on till they need it. Other than that, he's just out there slinging it. You know, converting. He's out there with great mechanics and footwork. Actually, he doesn't have the great mechanics. He's just a freak. Um, but everybody can't play the game like Mahomes plays the game. You got to play it the way you do. And and Quinn has a chance to be. Yes, he has a chance to be one one. Yeah. You got a chance to be, one, the first player taken overall in the NFL draft. But to do that, you're going to have to show NFL scouts, number one, you can put the cape on because they want to see that. That's the upside. But then number two, make the routine look spectacular. And we'll see. I think he can do it. I think he will. Great now in terms of being number one overall, I don't know if he'll do that, but I think he'll improve.
1: That's what it's gonna take though, right? The obsession yes. the obsession with the fundamentals. Yes. The exactly mind numbing right. can you know yep, that's exactly uh, right. work ethic to get mm-hmm. it right. And uh if he does that, I think he has got the the God given ability to because it, next no year's question. quarterback class is seen as a pretty weak quarterback class. He he's, can be the head he's a, of it. Exactly.
2: He can be easily the top guy in that class coming out. And there'll always be some guy we don't expect. Uh, but I, I think Quinn's got a really good shot. Okay, uh, we can dial up any of the clips I sent you, Ty. I sent you a bunch of them, we can play Who Said That.
7: The way that we live is not for everybody, okay? It's not, all right, because we're going to run and put our bodies on people in a violent manner, all right? If the structure doesn't matter to me. The main thing that matters to me is are we going to be arriving violently, all right, and we're going to turn the ball over, all right? We're going to make sure we disrupt these quarterbacks. You'll hear me talk about this all the time. The ball is life, all right? And so we it's like air, and we got to have it. We got to get it. Um, as coaches, you know, when you start to lose sometimes, coaches start to stay later, you know? And and my thought process is because I don't care if we won. We, I've been on 20 win, wins in a row, and I've lost six in a row, okay? Um, I go home the same time because I'm giving you everything I have. <laughs> everything I have every time. So when coaches like start to stay later after we've lost two or three games, man you 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 were you were cheating us if you don't do it the right way you're going to get called out on it okay there's only one way to do it and that's the way that we want it done and if that's not the way that you want to live that's fine okay all right you'll probably be somewhere else it's my family it's my football and it's really just uh, my faith in god and other than that <laughs> i'm a simple guy i'm a country boy from Alabama
2: <laughs> Don't you like head coach? Who's that? that? Who said that's that? Joe Witt Jr. Oh my god, he's so good. The new defensive listen.
1: coordinator of
7: your
2: oh. Washington Commanders
1: could I'm have like, been the Cowboys.
2: Damn it! I'm like, now I'm a Cowboy fan. I'm like, damn it, we could have kept that dude. I like that guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's a he's a great mindset for a coach, man. He got he's me a nice, up.
1: He's a nice offset to Dan Quinn.
2: He yeah, really he's is the he players' knows. coach. Yeah, you can see he's kind of a little hard nosed, and I love what he said about if you stand late just because we're losing then you've been cheating us. You, yeah. you ain't been, what doing?
1: you doing? That's a good point.
2: That's a great point. It really is.
1: It is good. Uh, All right, a little, uh, little levity here. Let me uh, play this. Who said this this morning, Rod?
4: Um, this was not confirmed by Adrian Wojnarowski after, but this is, this is what I was told by Stephen A. If he wants to change the story when he gets here, that's fine. But this is what I understand. Stephen A. Smith is one of the coaches in the Celebrity All-Star Game tonight alongside our guy Shannon Sharp. It's going to be epic TV, right? Absolutely. Sponsored by Ruffles. So yesterday, S.A. had to get out there, get out to Naptown early, and they had a practice. So he started messing around with Micah Parsons, of all people, one of the guys on his team, obviously a Dallas Cowboy. Micah crossed him over, and all I know is Stephen A's is at the hospital right now getting x-rays. <laughs> So I'll wow. let him tell you the rest of the details
2: <laughs> Oh
5: my when goodness. he gets
4: here. Annika,
5: we're going to have some fun with this. Here's,
4: um, this is right, not- who
2: said that, Rod? I, uh, I'm sure her name is Annika. Her name is
1: Mo- uh, Molly Quir- Karen.
2: Oh, okay. All right. I don't know. Not, yeah, I don't yeah, know that was that
1: ESPN is. show, and uh, she broke the news that Stephen A. Smith got crossed over by Micah wow. and now has a, a, a serious ankle injury. Wow.
2: <laughs> That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing right there. Yeah, because uh, well, remember
1: the uh, the basketball argument that C.J. Stroud and Michael Parsons were having at the Super Bowl well, look, about think, who's the better hooper.
2: Well, because I think uh, that Michael Parsons was supposed to be in some celebrity game. They were like involved in. They, they that's was,
1: what that's what that is. Tonight is the NBA All Star game. NBA All Star game. game so they, yeah.
2: they the celebrity game. So yeah, yeah that's supposed to be. we Well, it. get
1: C.J. out there. Don't get getting hurt, C.J. or Micah. He was
2: just participating in a celebrity like baseball, like softball game in Houston. In Houston? Did you see that? Yeah. yeah, I saw it. You saw that? Yeah.
1: He's got some pretty good form too. Dude, he's a, he's a
2: great athlete. Good <laughs> lord, man. He can hoop, can play baseball. That's that's what you actually that's what Bill Walsh used to say about quarterback. He said my quarterback should be able to do that. Yeah. He said my quarterback should have what he calls athletic instincts where, oh, I can watch him play basketball and watch him play baseball and I'll go, Yep, that's my quarterback. Yeah, for he's, sure. He's a leader and he, he, he numbing numbing repetition, that kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Well, Stephen A. Smith, 56 years old. What the hell is he doing out there getting crossed over by Micah? Forgetting
2: he's 56, like 23. Forgetting how he, and he was 24. 56 years old, yeah. Uh, all right, Ty, I'd I sent you a bunch of other ones so you can dial any of the other ones up and we can play Who Said That. Have you played with a
7: player as good or against a player as good as LeBron was?
5: For as good as you think he He was, he was that much better. I'm biased, I know this. (laughs) People say LeBron or, or MJ, I said, you know what? LeBron did something twice that I don't think Michael Jordan could ever do once. He won two nba titles with shane battier is starting power forward all right (laughs) i love mike you know we're the greatest of all time but lebron did it twice with me as his bum ass power forward and dragged me across the finish line that 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 speaks to how great lebron is the force the intelligence he didn't have a weakness when he was in his prime he's still playing amazing now but i mean just there was no answer for him and he was like a, a queen on the on the the chessboard and just do everything that's great of a player was even better teammates you know we always got the newest beats by dre and whatever lebron <laughs> got we got you know so like he always took care of us he always came to my my charity functions i always stand for 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 Bron. that's my guy hey the mavericks Ooh, had an answer bad. for him
2: Yeah, that is true that is a good point uh
1: that was shane battier yeah it was shane battier. He always eloquent shane battier yeah
2: yeah he is very eloquent i like him
1: Alright, there you so, go. If anybody ever says anything good about LeBron James, you know Ty's gonna come in with a bash. Uh,
2: he's gonna yeah. be countered with a hey, bash. Hey, you know what? I'm not we like balance on this show. <laughs> you yeah. know who I
3: dislike much? in the NBA or former NBA player more than LeBron though? Who? Dwayne Wade. He is oh, yeah. a Maverick
2: fan, Twice. that's there. He got yeah, that's true. That's a good point. No,
3: we got him. We got him the second time.
2: Yeah.
4: So, yeah. But, yeah,
3: when they went in the locker room after Dirk played his flu game, which I was at that game, and they, they started fake coughing, Oh That the pettiness of the NBA and those two, that, that uh, gets me going. I'm heated now. Ty's fired up because somebody said something good about LeBron.
2: I <laughs> know. Just one dude said one good thing about He's LeBron. He's the
3: easiest guy on the planet to hate on. He makes it too easy. I don't hate him. Uh,
1: hate on. I'm a son of Akron, Ohio, like he is. Come on, man. We we're, were born He's in the Trump. same zip code.
2: I'm a LeBron fan, you know that, so hey. uh, I'm not a LeBron hater. Never myself. But myself, I will admit, he's easy to hate. He's easy to hate.
1: Myself, the Black Keys, Steph Curry, LeBron James, sons of the of the of of Akron, Ohio. Mount, Mount Rushmore <laughs> right there. Oh, I'm not on you it.
2: Could have <laughs> had them on the same team. Could have had them on the same team, yes, man. Steph Curry
1: was born at the, at the hospital in yeah. downtown Akron, Iowa. Could have
2: been, been on the same team if yeah. – LeBron didn't kibosh put the kibosh Oh, what trade. a
1: trade that would have been. Oh, it would have been amazing. And Ty would have been miserable. He'd have to talk about LeBron all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. By the way, did you see Steph Curry make the uh, shot from the other other tunnel and uh, warm-ups the other day? Still a free, Unbelievable. We'll be back. Hook him up with Ian Rodby. Fabulous fifth hour coming next.